0: Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahneman. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. It's Justin Hahneman on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the world of dogs and dogs. We're going to be talking about puppies. We're going to talk about all the products around this space. If you have a pet or love pets, you're going to love this podcast. And you're more than anything going to love this company, Posh Puppy Boutique. Their CEO and founders on with me today, Jennifer Kirk. Jennifer, it is so great to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is so cool. I am a pet owner. I've got three dogs. And so when your PR folks sent over information on your company and your site, like I had so much fun going through all of the different like apparel, um, the beds, the collars. I mean, it's crazy. I can't even wait to unpack this with you. This is so cool. Really neat story. So uh, let's do this. How, tell us how you decided to start this company way, way back in 2007. Like, how did this even, you know, come to be for you?
1: Uh, so I, yes, I started this in 2007. I was um, a burnout in corporate America. <laughs> um, I have an accounting background, and um, nice. I was a controller at a company, so I definitely know how to run things. Um, but I was just burnout—the long hours and not being with my kids. We have four kids. Wow. Um, so we we've always had small dogs, so our uh, our daughters used to dress our dogs up in clothes and they actually had more fun dressing them up than their own dolls because they're <laughs> living creatures and they were fun. So, um, that kind of sparked the idea. You know, I had no idea where it would go. It kind of sure. started as a hobby to keep me busy at home. Um, and then just blew up and made it through the recession, um, back in 2008. That's you right. Going I about time. that. That's right. Yeah.
0: So I always
1: say that uh, dogs are recession proof because
0: we made it. Question, and we're going to get to talking about COVID in a minute too. I know your business is up huge this year. Um, Talk. How did you go from cool idea to to dress up the dog to man? I I think I might make this into a business. Were there some initial steps you had to take, or you know, I don't even remember like 2007. Where were we in e-commerce? Was that even a you know thing? Like, tell me how you got that started.
1: It really wasn't. I um, started on eBay, um, and I still kind of dabbled with that, because that was big back then. Um, and then my husband, who um, has an IT background, basically said, cut eBay out, that's the middleman, and let's start a site of your own. And so I just started dabbling with some things here and there, reaching out and doing, I did a lot of research, and that's going to be for any company you have sure. to do your research, and started kind of collecting vendors and getting information. And then I launched my own website in 2007, and um, just went from there. So it was wow. really a learning experience, but I always jump all in and I always want to succeed. So I just kind of climb my web
0: from there. I love it. Oh, and I love that energy too. You said you had an accounting background, so obviously rows and columns and numbers were your thing. What about on the creative side? Like when you think about some of the products here and, and choosing a you know where to focus from a product set perspective, was that your thing too or did you have to get some help in that space? Like how did you decide where to where to start and where to grow?
1: Um, I definitely had to get some help. That marketing is not my forte, <laughs> but um, just talking to other people and friends really were a big support and family. I'm um, reaching out and just getting, getting different ideas and presenting that, and just seeing what works on my site, what doesn't work. I mean, even to this day, it's a learning experience of what works and doesn't. Um, it's the the retail industry is a, is always changing, and fat, just like fashion is, it's the same with dog. We have different um, seasons for dog um, fashion, so it's really just a you know a hit and miss, what's gonna and what's going to work what's
0: not sometimes. Wow, that's so interesting. Now, I, on your site today, um, I know you have a, a pretty good number of categories, everything from sports to bowls and feeders to toys, etc. Were there some initial categories you chose to focus on when you got started? Or did you go, you know, a bit in each category? Do you know what I mean? Like, were you narrow or were you kind of, were you thin and then and in, in diving into different types of subcategories?
1: Um, Well, I just went with the basic categories, you know, toys and collars and leashes. Um, That's where I started from. Um, But when I did open this business in 2007, um, that was the era of the Paris Hilton dog in the purse. So that's a big part of how this got launched was just seeing that. Um, so I definitely dove into the fashion side of it and um, getting celebrities who have the little dogs and stuff sure. like that. <laughs> that was a big marketing tactic, and wow. um, because all the younger generation wanted to be like her and they wanted the small dog, pur- you know, dogs in their purse and so forth. That has kind of sailed. That ship has kind of sailed. But sure. um, that's kind of how I started looking at different marketing tactics. Obviously, obviously with celebrities and the younger generation. Now, my demographics is more older, um, empty nesters or people who didn't have kids, and these are their kids.
0: That's so awesome. Um, I love this. The Posh Puppy Boutique for the Distinguished Doggy. Um, So, as, as you've grown over time, have you seen trends change in this whole pet space or pet item space, or are they pretty consistent?
1: It's definitely changed. Um, Like I mentioned, going back to 2007, you don't see the cute dogs in the purses as much anymore. They're still out there. So true. Um, But it's not as prevalent as it used to be. So we definitely had to change our model. And even my vendors um, and the designers had to kind of change theirs. Um, We have definitely seen a shift in the last three to five years going more towards um, essential pet items. Mm. Um, So, you know, even though you don't put your dog in a dress, Um, you still need a collar, you need a harness, and you need leashes and stuff like that. So we've seen more of a push towards that than the fluffy side of the
0: pet industry. (laughs) That's fascinating. (laughs) Now, um, I I do a lot of the retail shows around the, um, the country, and there's a lot of manufacturers of pet items. I'm sure you work with many of them. Do you guys manufacture any on your own, or do you source those from other suppliers? How does that look for you?
1: Um, we completely source everything from other suppliers. So I'm just a retailer, similar to Macy's or Nordstrom's where I carry everything under our umbrella. So I have people that come to us and want us to sell their product. Got and it. That's, that's what I do. Oh, yeah.
0: that's awesome. Um so okay, was there a point in time when you knew, wow, this is really going somewhere. So, you know, you started selling on eBay and I obviously you had some success there and you put up your own site. Was that an easy transition? Like did the momentum continue? Because the reason I ask is a lot of times. You know, I, I've, I've talked to other product manufacturers or product idea people and they're like, I put up a Shopify site and then nobody's buying anything on it. So like, what but for yeah. you, did you see a, a point where, yeah, we've got momentum here and this is real?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people jump into it, and they think that an e-commerce site just runs itself. Right. And even <laughs> totally. some of my friends have said that. They think I'm sitting on a beach just the money uh-huh. just rolling in. <laughs> right. um, it's definitely not like that. I mean, there were days where I'd work 12, 14 hours on my site. I did so much research, and the key to our success, I think, from the beginning was really understanding how people find us. Interesting. And, um, okay finding a good company that did our organic searches within Google. So we have such a strong ranking in Google that I don't even pay Google for ads. It's so good. My marketing company is so good that they, um, when you search in dog collars, we're going to pop up and it's not a sponsored ad. So I have competitors that spend 10 to $20,000 a month on Google and I don't spend $1. So Yeah. So it's, it, but it was really a lot of research and, you know, thankfully my husband who has an IT background fully understands how all this works <laughs> sure. and he kind of educated me, but it, it was really just jumping in and figuring out what works and what doesn't, like I said.
0: well, wow, That's interesting. Um, have you had to bring on others, you know, along the way you mentioned marketing as an area that wasn't your space, but, you know, it added to the skill set to grow this business. Like, have you had to, had to have others on as well?
1: Like other companies or um, other, employees?
0: Yeah, other employees or other individuals that brought a different skill set to helping grow this.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I do have... Um So, I have expanded my business now. We own uh, dog grooming fonts, too, to complement our business. But um, I do have 28 employees, and I have four that run our customer service department on our e-commerce. We do shipping, receiving out of our facility. Um, So, we've definitely grown, which has allowed me to kind of step back a little bit um, and let it run. So, you know, after 15 years of doing this, it's... it's, (laughs) it's a little overwhelming sometimes (laughs) i just need a break but um you know i busted my butt for many many years so now i have two of my daughters that are working for me and they're kind of trying to take over the company business
0: wow that's that's really cool i love that so as you look you know into at this industry where we are today and where it's going let's you know even post-covid like what's trending today and what do you think what do you see as some trends that are coming through the end of this year and into next
1: uh, so, what's trending now, especially since COVID, is we have, um, you know, it's all the shelters are pretty much, not all of them, but most of them are empty. The adoption rate of pets is out the roof. Um, wow. It's really hard to actually find a pet right now to adopt. Um, it's, Isn't kind that of crazy? Back up. That's
0: so crazy.
1: Yeah, I just think that, um, and I just attribute it to every, uh, so many people started working from home that. They didn't want a pet because they're at work all day and they didn't want to leave the pet home. But if you're working at home now, it's very easy, obviously, to have a pet. Sure. So that the adoption rate has gone out the roof. And with that, our sales have increased. And I would say the trend right now is really just. The toys that we sell right now are off the charts, Wow. and I think it's because it doesn't matter if you dress your pet up or you want to do anything fancy for your pet. Right. You're not going you out. You want them to right. have a toy. That's so yeah, true. they they need something to do during the day while you're working. So um, our toy sales are going out the roof. Harnesses and leashes, um, collars, stuff like that are doing really well right now, and I think it'll it'll go through the end of the year for sure.
0: Wow. So I was also in my research. I mentioned this to you before I hit record today. Is um, some of the unique products that you guys sell. And uh, one of the most unique that I was, I couldn't believe that someone would buy this, but a Swarovski crystal bathtub. Oh my God. I mean, seriously. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful.
1: <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> I want one for myself. It's <laughs> amazing.
0: It's amazing.
1: It's um we have a designer out of Southern California that hand makes these. It, I believe it takes her about two hundred hours to make them. She oh hand um, glues on all the Swarovski crystals on the bathtub. Um, I actually have sold three of them. They're about seven thousand dollars each plus shipping. Um oh my gosh. we ship worldwide. Yep. I know it's they're so beautiful, but um, and they actually make human sized ones, too, crazy wow. enough. I had sold uh, three of them to a prince in Dubai. Wow. Um, he got one that's for cool. each of his dogs. Oh, that's yeah. actually and, cool. Um, so we actually got them and shipped them FedEx to Dubai. And it was quite <laughs> a process packaging those up to make sure, oh, obviously, they didn't God. break. Yeah,
0: That's really cool. How fun is that? I mean, you know, those are the stories that make it fun to have your own business. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you have tons of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's really, really cool. One of the decisions I know you had to make was, you know, whether to have retail stores or stay on e-commerce. I think that it's an easy answer because you're already doing so well in e-com. And I think you mentioned you had one store initially, but any thought on whether you were going to go to stores or or was that kind of out of the picture because e-com was going so well?
1: Uh, Yeah, we had a retail store for a while. And the reason I originally opened it was it was during the recession, um, retail space was super cheap because you yep. know, unfortunately, business was closing. So I did get a space really cheap. We moved in, and it was really to just solidify my business, right? Because back to in the day, real. online businesses, yeah, online businesses weren't what they are today. So it was almost like people didn't think I had a real store. Oh, you're just online,
0: but <laughs> oh god, they it. didn't understand. <laughs> back in the day, <laughs> I was
1: in a warehouse. <laughs> Yeah, and I had all my inventory, but it just solidified my brand in my, my actual physical location. So we did that, and then when the market started changing, we decided to shut it down because it's just more overhead. Totally. And we moved back into um, kind of a warehouse office space, and now we ship everything out of there. And we did this pre-COVID, thankfully. We did this last year. We shut everything down, and yeah. um, I, I didn't reduce my staff or anything. And thank goodness I did, because I don't think we would have survived if we had a retail
0: store. Right. Uh, it's, it retail's got hit so hard. and yeah. well, E-commerce has boomed. Share with yeah. our audience two or three, I know you've had many uh, lessons learned. We talked about some of them earlier, but you know, what would be two or three of the big key takeaways as a new entrepreneur back in the day, and then even now, later, as you've grown this business that you would share with our audience? Like what, what would be some advice for them?
1: You know, honestly, my biggest thing is research. Um, like I mentioned, people think that this is so easy and you just pop a website up and the money keeps rolling in. Um, it's research, really know your competition and really uh, build relationships with your vendors and who you're going to be working with, even your marketing companies. You just really have to dive into this 100%. And like I said, I work 12, 14 hour days sometimes just because I really wanted to make this successful and, If you're not going to do 100% of this, you're not going to get 100% back. So people who jump in and they give an hour of their time a day, that's what they're going to get back in their their company. So um, I think you can talk to any successful CEO of any company and they're not going to tell you they worked a couple hour days and now they have this ginormous company. Um, You really have to jump in with everything you have and just to make sure that's what you're getting back out. So you're going to get what you put out. Yeah, for sure.
0: I love that. Great advice. Share with our audience where they can find you, how they can connect with you, uh, buy your products, etc.
1: We um, are online, poshpuppyboutique.com. Um, we're on Twitter, at Posh Puppy, and then we're on Facebook, uh,
0: poshpuppyboutique.com. That was awesome. It yeah. is so cool to see your growth. This has just been... It's cool to hear your story and just to, to see like where it's come from, where it's going. I love pets. I mean, you go on your site here, just so many great options, and I love how you've curated it. So, Jennifer, it's so, it's been so great having you on the podcast, and uh, thanks for sharing your story with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands.